Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, we're back for another episode. Um, couldn't decide who was going to start it. So I wish we had all just started speaking at once. That would have been better. That would have been way better. Um, yeah, so another episode, another week. Um, Justin's dropping articles like uh, Hot Fire over here. So give those a read. We might talk about that later on. Frankie's got 30 minutes before he's got to go eat dinner. If we're lucky. <laughs> so... Uh, we're going to jump right in. We're going to look at last week's matchups. Uh, you guys have one you want to start with? Well, we could start with the highest scoring. That's how I would usually All do right. those highs and lows. But what, which one? It's, it's, the, it's the web gems. Web right? gems. Oh, master, look at them. Ooh. Yeah, let's just go from the bottom up. Is that is that your art that Mike has? Is that yeah. your logo? Yeah, the kiss from his, uh, from a Rosario. Yeah, I made that. He said he's been working on one. Is that is he's, that? He's not. If he's he definitely. has, he's been doing it for like five weeks now. <laughs> this better be a masterpiece. It's gonna be a stick figure. <laughs> <laughs> that picture that he has in his house of him when he was in third grade. <laughs> yeah. You know the one. <laughs> it kind of looks like your logo now that I think about it. Now I have to go through my phone and dig up that photo so you can post it with the. Yeah, that's going to be our picture. All right, perfect. Uh, um, either that, it's got to be his logo has to be like a high definition photo of Rosario from a from a game that he took. Yes. So I will say that this this matchup should be very surprising to everyone. So the Rosarios came in two and zero. The Web Gems zero and two, and the Web Gems put up. It was yeah. an impressive showing after being ranked twelfth in the power rankings last week. Web Gems third highest scorer this last week, and he had the lead for most of the week too. Well, I mean, like coming into the season, Ben's team looked pretty decent, but I think those first two matchups, he got hit with a lot of just underperformances from his early round picks. So he had Trout, and Trout's been great, but like, uh, who do you take? Bueller. Bueller yeah. has been such a disappointment, and then this week he finally. Breaks out with a an eight strike start. Well, Trout wasn't even his best player last week. His best hitter was Eddie Rosario with six yes. home runs. Yeah, he had he had a few multi homer games, didn't he? It or was at least nuts. one. You have to if you have six home runs, you have to have at least one multi home run game, probably. <laughs> Chances are. Um. Yeah, but his rotation was was also just pretty nice all around. I mean, with Euler finally coming through, and then you got Castillo. Pitch, Castillo and Corbin pitching like aces, yeah. really. Castillo is tied for the most pitcher points right now with Bauer. That's insane. Yeah. Don't forget about pickup of the week, Homer Bailey. Yeah, Bailey. That was I, surprising. Do you remember last week? I forget which guy I mentioned. Who was the weird the the Royals pitcher with the weird names? Brad Keller. <laughs> no, I, I mentioned the wrong one. Jorge Soler and Homer Bailey were the guys that were like way wait. Oh wait, Jorge Lopez. Is that it? Yeah, maybe Jorge. Yeah, yeah. Jorge. It, right? <laughs> If he was pitching, then yeah, he probably did pretty yeah, badly. Pretty easy. <laughs> but those two, those two have been the guys that have been unstoppable. But now, now we're getting into territory that I'd encounter with the highs and lows when I would be lazy and overcrastinate and do it like three days into the week, and then we see that Homer Bailey's next start, he decided to be Homer Bailey again. But we won't, we won't talk about that. No, <laughs> we, we can mention that later. I mean, like Homer, I don't think anyone expects Homer Bailey to be an ace, but like 
even if Homer Bailey sucks for the rest of the year and Ben drops him, Homer <laughs> he Bailey had this match in one match. He had this. <laughs> I mean, I think and he Mike, was. Mike will forever have a hatred of Homer Bailey to some degree. I think no. Homer Bailey was somewhat fortunate to be facing the AAA Yankees team and not yeah. the actual Yankees team when he pitched. Well, they've, nice they've been pretty streak, honestly. <laughs> they've been solid, but it's a lot different than facing the team they normally put out there. It is. Sure. And um, speaking of Yankees, how about James Paxton? Paxton's filthy. I'm so happy about James Paxton. He he talked to the therapist. He got over the issues. <laughs> Whatever works, man. Did he actually go to a... Yeah. That yeah, he said the stress of pitching in New York was getting to him. So he saw a therapist, and now he is back-to-back 12 strikeout games. It's pretty I think, good. I think, you know, we, we see so much with, like, you know, just with all the stupid, you know, red flags that pop up. And, I mean, like, literal red flags in fantasy where it was just, like, everyone's getting hurt left and right. But so much of it is, you know, half of the battle is mental. And, you know, you see things where they're talking about, you know, especially going into the season. I know I'm pretty sure Lewis likes reading a lot of that stuff, and I like reading that stuff too, where if I see something about a pitcher talking mentally about their game too, I feel like Cole did going into last year, and so did Snell, and look how their years were. And they are both you know, continuing that success pretty much. And so something can click, you know, you can have everything going for you physical health wise, but then once you get, you know, get your head in the game, high school musical style, you know, you're really, (laughs) you're ready to go. I don't know why everyone gets so nervous pitching in New York. Cause like, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of blown out of proportion. Um, I shit my pants, bro. But like I'd shit my pants pitching anywhere. <laughs> oh my God. If, if you were Jorge Lopez, you'd be shitting. <laughs> Jorge Soler finds himself Jorge on the mound, right. starts shitting himself. <laughs> and, and we do. Jorge Lopez was removed from his start from for shitting his pants. <laughs> and we shouldn't speak about the Rosario scoring three hundred thirty points without mentioning that their first round pick, Jacob Degrom, first has strep throat then has an elbow issue, goes for an MRI, oh wait, he doesn't go for an MRI, now he's okay, and now he's playing catch, and he's going to start this week. I don't understand what's going on. What a headache. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how he does, but it sounds like he's fine. I don't know. But yeah, to go from such a high from the the week, the previous uh, weeks before, and then go into this week when really he seems like he could have been the difference maker there. I mean, you know, he really needed a filthy, filthy start, but (laughs) it was... It, it was dirty, dirty. <laughs> do you guys do you guys remember who the Rosario's best pitcher was last week? Um, I say last year. Uh, it was Roberto Osuna, who got zero wow. appearances this week. Yeah, so, I mean that's nature with closers. Yeah, it's boomer bust with closers. Ryu came back too, and actually did pretty decently considering it was Hyunjin Ryu coming off a, a rehab. A PP string. <laughs> but he went. He almost went six innings. He got nine Ks. Pretty good. Max Fried is looking like a, a solid waiver wire pickup. As 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 a sign of, as kind of like tumultuous as that Braves rotation has been. Uh, R. A. P. My dreams of having Mike Soroka. That good managing. Um, I have no idea how I feel about Freed. Like, I feel like I still don't buy Max Freed at all, but he's been decent so far. What do you think, Justin? Too too early to tell? No, I'm not buying Max Freed yet. I 
I think he's Max Freed. <laughs> well, he was around last year, right? Like he he came. He's up. been around for a while. I bouncing think I around like him up last and... year, and he definitely got bounced around when I had him for a hot sec. But I'm not buying him, but he's here. been doing well. He's playing like he's Max Freed, but you know. He he's gonna Max, start playing like he's Max slave. Max locked up. Oh, we could just say locked up. <laughs> Max enslaved. On that note, the Rosarios. We're gonna, we're gonna bleep that out. The Rosarios fall to two and one. Are we really gonna spend the whole segment talking about Columbus team and just like briefly glancing at Ben's team? We talked we about do- Ben's team. We talked about we Ben's team. Ben's also, team. JT Real Muto is a monster. Yeah, real. You're more, still talking about Galembo's team. My, like, just give give his team a look real fast. Jay Happ with with you know he's starting to put together. We said his rotation was great. Yeah, we are on a timer here. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. You got to be efficient, boy. Ben, I'm sorry. I I would spend the whole segment talking about your team's performance. This is how we expected these guys to play. They just weren't playing this way in the beginning of the year. Yeah, his pitching was great. His hitting was about the same as Mike's. Um, His team looks crazy now, though. You know. That's why he's fourth in the power rankings. I got a lot of crap for that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so close after the first couple teams. It's so close. So Ben gets his first win of the year. The Web Gems dirty, dirty. rise to one and two. Let's move to the other matchup in that division. Uh, Colorado Crush versus Hillwood Black Sox. They, this was a matchup of two one and one teams. The Crush end up with a victory, rising to two and one Another on the back of... Sure. Go ahead, say that again. Another good matchup, both over 300. It was. was. Uh, A very high-scoring week, actually, across the board. A lot of teams over 300. 300 is usually the magic number. Yeah. Um, I I really big win on the back of Christian Yelich having a monster week again. Um, Yeah, we got got a flip side here, basically, with with hitting and pitching. (laughs) What the hell? That's ridiculous. Eight home runs in the week. That's crazy. That's a video game season. I haven't looked at that until now. Oh, my God. But it seems like he's only really doing it at home. So what? Here's Who shit? He's destroying everything. You want to give me him? <laughs> he's only good at home. Just you start him when he plays at home. And then on the flip side for the Black Sox, high scorer catcher Omar Narvaez... <laughs> the legend tied with Homer Bailey for pickup of the week, maybe. Yeah, Omar Narvaez. If he plays like this, I mean, he was really your highest score, and it's a catcher. Then yeah, yeah that's the pickup of the week. <laughs> that's really good. Um, John Gray, strong outing. This is what I was looking for when I drafted him. The velocity seems to have rebounded a little bit, and the most uh, supportive thing was that this was done at home. His last start, twenty-two points against the Phillies. So, How concerned are you about Cindergard? I think concerned isn't the right word. Um, so I did own him last year. I don't expect him to be an ace. I expect him to pitch like a number two, number three pitcher. Um, and that's and he was your number two, right? This year he's or, my number two, and last year I had yeah. him as my number one starter, and it didn't work out. So uh, he's going through a rough spot. I do think that there will be bounce-back opportunities for him. He did pitch really well against the Twins, struggle against the Phillies, and then struggle against the Cardinals. He, this is what he's going to do, though. He's going to oscillate and have some good, have some bad. Uh, I don't I don't think he's an ace. I really don't. Well, it's good that the Mets can uh, not have to argue with him as their ace either. So. As long as he stays healthy. 
nice to hear you have a lot of faith in your team. Um, hey, sounds, I keep it realistic. Sounds super optimistic. <laughs> Speaking of healthy, really sad, and prayers have you, out. Have you looked at Syndergaard's advanced numbers at all? Yeah, right yeah. Did, did you see what his FIP is? Yeah. He's got a 5-9 ERA and a 2-9-2 FIP. Yeah, but that's Syndergaard every single year. Have you seen him <laughs> since like he broke into the league? This is, is what he does. that bad? It's yeah. always a three-run differential? Right, no, it's not always that bad. But every single year, he has a, a really good fit. The problem is yeah. that... No, go on. <laughs> oh, is it is it dinner time? Oh. <laughs> <bell's> ringing, all <laughs> right. Summon <laughs> one matchup. Come this on and eat. This is so early for you. Yeah, I know. 10-12? Do you want to yeah, talk about your matchup real quick? Did we tell the viewers? I mean, the viewers <laughs> watching. Yeah, you want to jump into yours? That it's uh, you go or ten o'clock. Yeah, let's talk about that. Jump into yours real fast. Tell us how you felt. Um, I mean, the pitching pretty much says it all. It was it was a rough week for for my pitching. Um, with several guys not even hitting double digits as starters. I believe did Kikuchi have two starts <laughs> over that time period? <laughs> And gave me a solid uh, eight and one, but I, I didn't start him for the second one. Um, I mean, it came down to the wire. It was exciting as as it was as low scoring a matchup as it was, and then Josh Donaldson coming through with the the game of the of the week right there, um, having a Yelich type game. But I mean, you know, I I think in response I had to make you know I had to I had to adjust to Snell going on to the DL albeit for a brief stint. And I was happy that at least one of my pickups in response with Sabathia worked out and could end up being a pretty stable guy, you know, at the bottom of my rotation. But, you know, I got to stick to what, to the way I drafted with picking these young guys. And, you know, for every Corbin Burns, I can just toss aside, like somebody like Luke Weaver, I have faith, can, you know, wake up. And he started waking up last week and is continuing that into this week. I think Nick's pitching, um, while I guess in, in total numbers wasn't much better, he did have better showings. Well, he had one good showing from Kluber, and, or a decent showing, not a Kluber-style uh, showing. But I think that there's, there's depth there, you know, more than maybe meets the eye at first with people like Arietta and Gray who could end up just like completely pulling a 180 and being what I think like maybe a lot of people expect them to be, which is not so great. But um, so far, Arietta is having a like a really solid beginning to the year, and as is Gray. So I think if they, if they could keep that up, you know, to some degree, then that really bolsters Nick's rotation a lot when you have people like Herschel and Kluber who if either because of advanced metrics or just like general health reasons are on kind of shaky footing, you know, price, I guess you could throw in that boat as well. But price had one, um, I don't know. His amazing start was right before, uh, this week, but I don't know. What do you, what do you guys, uh, I, I do pulling from this. I do want to set the stage cause this was one of the most, I think probably the best finish we've had in quite a time. Um, yeah, one point. <laughs> so you're up by about 15 points, I'd say, going into Sunday night baseball. 
Yeah. You have Acuna. He has, is it Jake Bowers and Josh Donaldson? Yes. And so, I mean, it seems like you're going to cruise kind of nicely to the finish line here. What ends up happening is Donaldson has a two-home run game. You end up losing by a point because Acuna only got one and a half points and Donaldson got something crazy like 16. Yep. It has to be devastating. Oh, yeah. It, it was nuts. And then you start thinking, you know, I'm sure everyone's been through this, where they start thinking about little things they could have done, like, oh, I should have sat Corbin Burns if I had to sit somebody. Because, like, you know, I didn't really want to sit Kikuchi necessarily. I didn't, you know, think he would get only just one point or something with his, his last start. But, um, you know, Corbin Burns was really having a shitty start to the season. So he seemed like if I had to look at the week as a whole and be like, okay, I need to sit one guy because I'm going to hit that number. I should have sat him, but hindsight, of course, 2020. But then, you know, you start thinking about all these little things. Oh, I could have sat Cody Allen the last day. Let's take a look at Cody fucking Allen with minus 19. <laughs> that's for the week. stands out to me the most. So the, that's what destroyed me. Because if you look at, if you look at Nick's team, he, his pitching, like it didn't score a ton. Um, it didn't, it did the job, but it looks like most of the points came from like a select few guys, like exactly. Eric, Ray, Kershaw, Kluber, and and Price. And that's all you need. You don't need everyone across the board to go yeah. in, and they didn't even necessarily go in. You know, what I mean, Kershaw had his two starts and did really well. Um, the top but, of his rotation did like de- I'd say they did good enough. Like definitely did good enough, but the bottom didn't really do anything. Right. Um, I don't know if he didn't have a lot of other starters because it just it looks like there's not as many pitchers compared to other teams on this right. like, short list. But his relievers didn't do atrociously. Beneath pitch were the same as but, mine. But yeah, yeah. It just looked like if you compare the two, you have so many more. Names. Oh yeah, I mean you could see it. Yeah, it looks like I threw a lot more at uh, at the week. Right. But, but Coach Allen had like a. Just a string of really bad performances this week, and I think that's what cost you. Yeah, and classic, like, you know, uh, not sitting my relievers the last day uh, when it's close. And it's funny because, you know, we were we just happened to be, you know, shooting the shit and talking about uh, going into this week. And for those of people who don't know, and Justin, correct me if I'm wrong, if, if anything changed, but uh, if you go, if you hit your, your cap, your 12 cap, then no no pitching whatsoever before sunday no pitching whatsoever will count on sunday that goes for your relief pitchers as well so i'm debating in my head oh i could sit kikuchi star kikuchi and then just not use my relief pitchers and then just lose out on uh who the hell was it that started on oh aaron sanchez mr mr finger um, ended up being the right move still because yeah. Sanchez scored six. No, yeah, even after all was said and done, even when Cody Allen got his minus uh, four or five, whatever he got that last day, I'm still, like Justin said, sitting pretty. And then all of a sudden, you know, one of those, that freak thing. So it's just, you know, a string of bad luck and I'm, I'm rolling with the punches. Um, but I'm feeling a little more excited going into this week. You know, as I've been saying pretty much every recording or to everyone who, will talk to me about it. I'm trying to play the long game a little bit. Obviously, the long game doesn't work perfectly if you start off 0-4, 0-5, but, like, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. Let's go, Vlad. How, how did it feel to uh, go up against your old friend, Marcelo Zuna? He put it in my butt. Um, <laughs> it didn't feel so good. Could you use that last as year, I, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> I, I had faith in him last year, kept it going. And But, you know, it, it, it's pretty clear on paper, you know, in terms of looking at it, like everyone was saying, he's playing with an injury, playing with an injury, and what was it, his shoulder or whatever. And then last, then this year, they're saying he's he's healthy, he's feeling good again. No secret, you know. No, he's not trying to hide anything from. He him. has no secrets. <laughs> Marcel has no <laughs> secrets. Roll out on, on the boat. Don't go. Oh God. All right. <laughs> Still a sore spot for me. Um. All right. I gotta. I gotta go. Manja. At What's for dinner tonight? Oh, spaghetti and meatballs. Oh, <laughs> it's like the Calabro house over. Oh, do you, my parents want me to ask you this. Do you call, or does anyone in your family call marinara sauce or tomato sauce gravy? No. Because we, we saw something and there were some Italian people on Food Network. It could have just been like a, like a horrible offensive stereotype, but they, <laughs> they were calling it gravy. No, we call it tomato sauce. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I figured when you talked about it, but it might have been like... Who calls it gravy? Apparently some heavy Probably, probably serial killers and child molesters. Those are those people who, like, try to overcompensate with their culture. Like, you remember when we were in college, Justin, yes. and that Kristen brought that one girl who was Italian, yes. and she literally talked for, like, an hour about well, how she... Well, she bonded with you about being Italian. I do, but yeah, but all she was saying was, Oh, that tomato sauce is gravy. It's ricotta. It's mozzarella. <laughs> and I was like, all right, yeah, cool. cool. Can we end this now? But if you didn't like it, why'd I have to get kicked out of the room that night? <laughs> well, I mean, you know. Hey, yo. <laughs> For the just, gravy. Just kidding. Have higher standards than, listening right than, now. <laughs> than this ricotta over here. All right, I got to go. <laughs> Bye, Frankie. Bye. Enjoy your gravy. Have Maybe fun. I'll come in for the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Going. All if right. we're still going, yeah. Later. Peace. Oh, thank God he's gone. <laughs> and then there were two. Thank God we're not oh. recording or anything. Yeah. So a big test. I didn't want to say it when he was here, but he also could have not started Ivan Nova, which was the mistake that I made. Yeah. Because he got him negative two, and that would have been the difference between winning and losing. The biggest thing was he had, he had a fat enough lead going into the night where he should have sat Cody Allen in that last matchup. I guess. That's the only thing, like if I was Frankie, the only thing that I would look back on and be like, damn, that's where I lost it would be that last sitting. Cause no, it, it was also it, picking up Ivan Nova. It's never a good idea. But he'll, you know, like sometimes he'll just go six innings and give up two runs. You and know what get... he did tonight? You know what Ivan Nova did tonight against the Orioles? Did poorly. He got negative 19. Von Nova out there, guys. If you'd like to uh, start Yvonne Nova against me. <laughs> so, Frankie ends up falling to 0-3. He's the only winless team. I feel bad. He has yeah, a lot of points, I feel bad, but... too. That can't keep up. Like, he's scoring points. I don't know. I want to touch briefly on Nick Miller's team, because we, we glanced over it. He I, actually had I, a pretty I, good week. He did. He did. And I, I had been thinking about certain uh, standout, like, surprise performances yeah. so far. And I wanted to highlight Cole Hamels. I wanted to yeah. ask you what you thought about him because he's been insane. And going into the season, I didn't love Cole Hamels, but I definitely liked him more than those other older arms. Like, I thought he would be more reliable than Arietta and John Lester and those types. So I want to know what you think. Like, if you think it's legit, you know. Well, the thing about Hamels, and, and when people say legit, 
I want to see like a physical change, like something actually changes either in their approach and where you can point to a certain time or start and say, this is when the change happened and everything after that has been good. And for Cole Hamels, you can really point to when he was traded from Texas to Chicago and say, okay, maybe the Cubs are doing something a little bit different in his approach. And the one thing I really like about Hamels is that with the Rangers, his walk rate every single year was like three and a half. It was anywhere between three and three and a half. And he comes to the Cubs, and I want to see what he did in, when he was traded. He lowers it to 2.7 after he's traded. And this year he has a 1.04 walk per nine rate, which is yeah, incredible. So I think you can actually point to when he was traded from Texas to Chicago and say Chicago's doing something a little bit different with him that's really working out. So I, I am buying into it. Say that again? Out. Do you think it could also be that he's in the National League now? Like a lot of times when guys go from the AL to the NL, they get better. And when they go from the NL to the AL, they get worse. Maybe. I I mean, tell me I, what ALDHs are really that good. I mean, Chris Davis, Nelson Cruz, but Giancarlo Stanton. Just the fact that you're play, you're facing a guy that can you know hit the ball rather than a pitcher, but I think it does make a difference. You also have to hit. So you're much more likely to get pulled out of a game earlier because of a pinch hitter or something that like true. that. It's true. So I, I, I it, just, could, it could be. It could be. Yeah. Also the ballpark, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But I, I, I do really enjoy what he's doing. I do think it is somewhat legit. So then on the other end of the spectrum, there was the Tuki Toussaint start. Oh. Which was like so hyped and then just... If he was watching that game, it just went bad so fast. I felt so bad. So Nick made the mistake of having 10 starting pitchers to start the week. And he had, on Sunday, he picked up Tuki Toussaint and CeCe Sabathia. So I texted him, and I was like, hey, you have too many starting pitchers. Which one out of the two you picked up last night do you want to drop, Tuki or CeCe? Oh, man. And he told me to drop CeCe for him. This is Nick Miller, the Yankee fan. I know. I feel like... That's just a question of upside versus high floor because, you know, CC has the higher floor, but he's not going to get 30 points. And Tukey could have been the next coming of, you know, Chris Sale or whoever. Yeah, but he could have. Uh, it doesn't look like it anymore. Stroman has still been good. Yeah. Those, those have both been pretty good picks. I think I think Nick has a solid team. I I. Hamels is going to be a big key for him if he can keep doing what he's doing. And he needs his closers to get save opportunities. Yeah. Uh, Chapman needs to get more saves. I've been saying this every single week. I feel like this guy gets one or two saves. Well like, overall, they got him, what is that, like 40-something points? It's pretty solid. Yeah, he has three saves all year, though. You don't want that to have a closer you draft that high. Yeah. I mean, how many saves does Sean Kelly have? No idea. Is that his name, even? Who's Sean oh, oh, Shane Green. Shane Green. <laughs> I think Shane Green has 10. But that's one of those things where you can't, you know, that's yeah. the alley. But I mean, if you draft a closer that high, you need opportunity. Yeah. Um, real quick, RIP Matt Shoemaker. Prayers out to him. Torn ACL. Yeah. Rough. I mean, that's not that rough. He was getting worse, I feel like. He was starting to regress. I feel like he, that was the tip of, you know, he was at the edge. And he so was he's out for the season on top. Yeah, but honestly, he might have done you some good. He No, he's serviceable as a pitcher. I don't think he's an ace, but I think he's a serviceable 6-9 starter. Or was until he died. Um, 
So I moved to two and one. Hillwood Black Sox fall to one and two. Let's talk about your matchup. Okay. So I faced Hogbro this week. Um, we both did well. Um, I think I had the lead very early, and then he brought it back much more than I thought he was going to towards the end. I forget if it was on Saturday or Sunday, but he scored a ton of points one of those last two days, which was impressive. Um, let's look at his team really fast. So the big thing... Oh, right. So so the whole the whole thing with this matchup was he's he's going with this no relief pitcher strategy, which I feel like in this matchup it showed why it can be so detrimental to a team because... Basically, every time he faces a, a team with relief pitchers, they get bonus points against him. And the only way that he gains the advantage is if... You have Cody having, Allen. <laughs> well, yeah. That. <laughs> or if he ends up having 12 starters, and I guess you know you don't have any two starters, and you only end up with 10. But I don't think that the advantage is really there, because like, I, I hit 12 for the week, and he had to sit... I think three or four guys because he has so many starters. And so it, it gives him a lot more margin for error because he ended up, he had to pick, I think he said Urias and Urias got like 27 points and that would have helped him a lot, you know? And I feel like if he had some relief pitchers and he was able to start Urias, you know, he only lost by 59 Urias got half of that. If he had three closers who did well, it, that could have been the, the game. Right, so getting into the mind of Hogbro, and he can confirm this, but I believe that the strategy is having so many starting pitchers, you're really able to pick and choose which matchups and pitchers you want to go with throughout a week because you're likely to have about 15 starts, and so you could take the three hardest matchups for your three worst pitchers and just sit them. And so I think that strategy's good if you have a lot of volatile pitchers, but you have to make sure you make the right choices throughout the week. That it, re, it leaves very little room for error in terms of your assessment of how your pitcher is going to do on any given day. Right. I talked to him briefly about it during our matchup, and he didn't go into great detail about it, but he kind of just inferred that the reason why he's holding so many pitchers is because he's kind of like scouting them. Like he's got a lot of guys with upside and he doesn't know which ones are going to pan out and which aren't. So I think he wants to hold them for a few matches to see if any of them stand out. And then if a guy you know is doing terribly, then after a month he'll feel more comfortable dropping him. But going to with what you were saying, he kind of has like almost a waiver wire on his own team, which is good if, if you can't bear to see one of these guys go to another team. But I feel like in exchange for a good closer... And, and I'm sure he could find a relief pitcher that's out there. I feel like he would just be better off getting relief pitchers, personally. Yeah, and maybe he's looking at trade. I, I don't really know what his end goal is going to be, but um, if he's making the right choices along the way, it could be a good strategy. But if he runs into a team with a hot closer week and he makes one or two wrong calls, he's facing an uphill battle in that case. Yeah. Let's talk um, about your team. Okay. So why don't you tell me what you think? Well, for the third week in a row, you were the high scorer. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> it, Who got the stat correction on your team? I have no idea. I didn't bother to look into it. but um, So you outscored me by one point last week. 
Um, but looking at your team, this is the typical MVP format, right? Heavy, heavy pitching. Your hitting was actually really balanced last week, though. It's just no one really stood out. Right. Your top scorer was Franco with 22 and a half points. And then you had you had five people above 20. And I do, like, three of those people are, like, Shin Su Chu and Ryan Healy and Franco. And, like, props to yeah. you for picking those people up on waivers because they weren't on your team to begin with. Chu was, Chu. But, but... But, yeah, Healy and Franco and Domingo and those those have been solid pickups. My my hitting model. So if you look at like, how do you get there? The the standings tab. You go to um. You were telling me about it. Like you can see all the hitting stats and the yeah. If you stats. go to the standings tab and then season stats on the top. Season stats, yeah. So I by far have the lowest home runs in the league right now, which is really interesting. I have the most doubles and I had almost the most singles. So let's that's kind of the model of my team. I, I also have like um, I think second lowest strikeouts and I'm up there in walks. So my guys aren't, my hitters are never going to have that Christian Yelich-like performance. I'm never going to get like, you know, 50 points out of a hitter right. in a week. But hopefully the floor is high enough where, you know, a bunch of them can get like 15 to 25 points. And I'll have, you know, more weeks where I'm close to 200 from them. The pitching's been carrying me still because if I didn't have good pitching, my hitting wouldn't be good enough to win most weeks, I think. But, um, yeah, pitching's been crazy. Now, one thing I do want to ask you is that you have Chu, Brantley, McCutcheon, Santana, Marcakis all scored more than 11 points last week. Those are all outfielders. We only have slots to start three of them. How mm-hmm. are you choosing who to go with on any given day? Um, so sometimes my life is easy and, you know, a guy will have a day off and I just sit him. Other times, it's a gut call. Like, a lot of times, I feel like I can almost anticipate when Andrew McCutcheon's about to get cold, um, just based on, like, he'll have a high strikeout game, like, two games in a row, and then I'll be thinking, like, oh, okay, McCutcheon's, like, not really hitting the ball, and I'll sit him. Um, but what ha- what helped me the most last week was if if one of my hitters was facing, like, one of my pitchers, I would sit them, or if one of my hitters was facing a really good pitcher, I would sit them. Uh-huh. As long as the bench guy wasn't facing, you know, a better pitcher. So you're really playing the matchups? Kind of, here and there. I feel like I, I've never sit Brantley, um, and I have not really been sitting Domingo Santana. The utility spot has been where I've been flip-flopping the most. I think I only played Healy for a couple games, but one of them he hit two homers in. That certainly helps. Yeah. he got Yeah, 16 and a half of those points were from one one of the games I started him. So... But this week should be cool because I get Murphy and Segura back. So I'm hoping that my hitting, you know, those outfielders and then Murphy, Segura. Well, Segura was barely gone. He just got hurt. Yeah. Um, But it's nice to have him. Looking at your pitching, this is the typical story, right? Uh, Extremely high ceiling pitching. And again... Yeah, it's different than the first... Like, this was my worst pitching week so far. And you still scored 189 points from your pitchers, including a Garrett Cole negative 10. Yeah, Garrett Cole got negative 10, and then Bieber in his second start got negative 10. You were still able to weather those and come out on top? Yeah. A lot of these guys have just been pitching amazingly. Like, Caleb Smith, I don't know how legit it is. His, His advanced numbers support it. Like, they, you know, mild, mild regression, but I don't know. He's faced really good offenses, and I can't help but think it's too good to be true, but 
if he gives me a three five ERA for the year, I'll take it. Um, yeah. I think the one thing that you have to be worried about with him is one injury because he was hurt last year, and then two, if they put any sort of innings cap on him because right. they are the Marlins and he was a starter last year but didn't finish out the season, so I don't know how long they're going to stretch him out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That could happen. Especially if he's pitching so well, he's pitching six innings every single game. But, but maybe he'll start selling jerseys and then they not, won't be able to sit him. Not anything you have to worry about right now. Yeah, right now I'm doing pretty pretty decent. Anything else you want to touch on on your team? Um, not really. I mean, I just hope my guys keep doing well. I don't know. Kenley's big heart finally showed showed it did. some problems. It, it showed showed through. Um, Chris Sale, touching on Hogwarts. You know, I feel like every week we do a Chris Sale update. Yeah. How's the pulse of Chris Sale right now? So the last week's start where he faced the Yankees and did poorly was promising because the velocity was up to like 97, 98 pretty consistently in that game. Um, so there was a lot of you know signs that he'd be doing well shortly. And then he pitched today. Um, and today was, it, it was like weird because his overall stat line was pretty good. He only went five innings against the Tigers. He got 10 strikeouts. I forget how many runs, walks, hits gave up. It wasn't yeah, too many. Two earned runs, two walks, 10 strikeouts, five hits. A pretty good stat line. Right. But the velocity was down this week to like 93, I want to say, on average. Okay. Um, which isn't bad, but it's just interesting because it seems like Chris Sale is kind of a different pitcher every time he's pitching. So I don't know how he's going to be. I'm very interested in him. I think he's got, you know, ace value. I just think he's still towards the end of the aces. Yep. yep. So you you only undefeated team left, 3-0. and Hogbro, the Melonheads fall to, I believe they're 1-2. Yeah, 1-2. Third, third in the division. So let's talk about... The top division, so this is going to be, let's talk quickly about Team McLovin and Squirtle Sluggers. Okay. This was actually a really interesting matchup because it, it was, was, was one-sided until that last day. So and th- then... Go ahead. Why don't you walk us through was this it, one? Was it the last day or the second to last day? It, it was towards the end. I forget if it was last day or second to last. I just remember Mannheim was up all matchup, and then there was like a hundred differential day where Jeff came through. And I'm trying to find who shit the bed for Jeremy. Um, maybe it was Wainwright? I don't remember. I think it was Wainwright and just like a combination of, you know, his hitters not doing much on that day. And Jeff's team just went off. And that was basically the difference maker. Well, no, it was. So it doesn't look it when you look at the whole week. But Colin McHugh with negative 20 uh, on yeah. the last day. Yeah. After getting 24 earlier in the week. Yeah, he did horribly. Horrible. And and you can't blame Mannheim for it. No. Because he was so well. And then he just out of nowhere. Let's talk about the high-scoring hitter. Another bounce-back week for Joey Gallows. Now, we've had one really good week, one really bad week, where I think he scored negatives in week two, and yeah. then back up again to 43.5 points. Which, which is a really good week. Which yeah. Gallo is the real Gallo? I think this is the real Gallo, that he's just a high upside but very low floor hitter who's going to do really well when he hits the ball. <laughs> when he doesn't, he's going to strike out way too much. Yeah, the one thing, so he had a lot of homers this week. The one thing I think is interesting is that 
He only had one walk. Typically, a guy like that, you're going to see him get a lot of walks because pitchers kind of nibble around him and try and make him chase. Um, so seven strikeouts to one walk, not exactly what you want to see, but maybe he was making better contact this week, and that's why he had 43.5 points. Yeah. Gallo's only got 13 walks on the year, so I don't know how much he usually walks, but... Uh, usually a decent amount, so 13 walks to 28 strikeouts on the year. Looking at Mannheim's pitching, uh, Mike Miner, top pitcher. Not exactly what you would expect, but what do you think of him? Is is he an ace? <laughs> He's not an ace, no. But I had Miner last year um, on my team towards uh he was like he's amazing if if you can have him as like a, a seven eight or nine starter he's amazing to have on your team is he'll have a bad game here and there but his bad games won't be terrible like he'll get maybe like negative five when he does poorly and most of the time he'll get you like 16 points so he he just ends up being pretty valuable or at least he was last year let's flip over to jeff's team paul de young the top hitter Again, I think I feel like we said the same thing last week, Paul DeYoung with another pretty good week. But the story here was really his pitching. Uh, Steven Strasburg with a 36-point outing? Yep. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. He's another one I wanted to ask you about because before this 36-point outing, Strasburg had been kind of weird. He had another 30-point outing, but I guess after five starts, the picture of Steven Strasburg has been extreme volatility so far. Yeah, I think that's been his career. Extreme volatility and injuries. Well, when Eric had him that one year, he was amazing. Well, when Eric he, has anyone, they're amazing. But what do you? how do you feel about Strasburg? I think he's going to continue down this road. He'll get some single digits, and he'll get some 20-plus point games. But the rare 15-pointer is not what he's good at. Yeah. He's going to either be boom or bust for you. He's very interesting. I'm scared of him still. I mean, look, it was against Miami, so I don't know how much you have to discount it. The Marlins are not good. No, the Marlins are terrible. I took the over on the Marlins. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have most of their pitching, Steph. I love their pitching, but yeah, they're not good. How about Scherzer, though? Scherzer. Yeah. So he's day-to-day right now with an injury. I wonder how much that's been impacting him. Hopefully a ton. A, a little rib tweak? Apparently, when uh, on Sunday when he was attempting to get out of the way of a foul ball in the dugout. Yeah, kind of a weird injury. Very weird. But but he's been he hasn't been dominant yet. No, so. he hasn't. You're you're kind of just waiting for him to turn it on. He's been very good. Yeah. The last one though. I mean, he got beat up by the Marlins, but still, zero walks and nine strikeouts in that game. So. Did he just get babbipped to death? Probably. Yeah, I mean, that's probably what that means. Yeah. And then finally, Reynaldo Lopez. This is the- what Jeff has drafted him for. <laughs> Reynaldo Lopez with the 33-point week, beat up on the Tigers and the Royals. Congrats. I hope it was all <laughs> worth it. <laughs> no love for Reynaldo. I, I don't like Reynaldo Lopez or his cousin, Rodrigo. <laughs> That's okay. I, I don't think most people are in love with Raylo, but he did have a stretch last year where he was really good, so maybe this is the beginning of something. Oh, we forgot to ask Frankie how he felt about Merrill Kelly now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll come back after the meatballs. So, 
uh, Jeff ends up beating the Sluggas by about 30, but it was much closer than this and even flipped the other way throughout most of the week. Let's look yeah. at the last matchup, which was the 0-2 Sly Sleepers versus the 2-0. Once you go Blackman, never go back Manny. And call it a minor upset that the 2-0 team gets upended by the 0-2 team? Kind of. I think we both would have bet, or we did, I think, talk about how we thought Daniel was going to win this matchup. Um, just because Eric's team has been hot garbage so far. But, <laughs> yeah, that's right, Eric. But, like, this whole division is wide open. That Like, nobody is really in first place in this division right now. They're all kind of, like, just fighting for, you know, a breakout. Yeah, th- this this one was tough. No one really had a great week. Uh, Javi Baez did. But outside of that... It- Really hard to point to anyone who broke out. Carlos Carrasco seemed to go back to form, but again suffered an injury tonight that who knows what that's going to mean for him because he collided with a base runner. Eric's hitters did pretty well, honestly, and Daniel's pitchers did pretty well. Eric's Daniel's pitching did not do well. Did well. Yeah, no, I meant Eric's hitters. Yeah, no, you I said Eric's hitters, but I'm saying Eric's pitching did poorly. Yeah, that was that was the big difference maker here. Rick Porcello got ten. I think I said he'd get eight last week. So I've kind yes. of been. I've had my finger on the pulse of Rick Porcello this year. You've had your finger on Rick Porcello's pulse. Yep, deep on his pulse. Matt's had that atrocious out. Oh, that was that, horrible. That was fun. Negative twenty. He didn't get an out. Yeah, he sucked. He got zero <laughs> outs. He sucked. And then Eric, the brain surgeon, started him last night against the Phillies. And the same team. He gets but positive 22. The ump was calling a bunch of ball strikes, apparently. So so good yeah. job. Good job. Well, you don't know how much Eric paid off the ump. Because Eric's back in New York, and this game was in New York. True, true, true. Eric has that umpire scouting that we all don't. Does he? I don't know. He always wanted to. I don't know if he's ever looked at the umpires. Um, um So I wanted to touch real fast on... Alex Gordon, because yeah. Eric picked him up, and he's been really good. Of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be? I feel like Alex Gordon has had enough good years, though, where this isn't shocking. Alex Gordon has also had more bad years that this is shocking. Has he? Yeah. I, he used to be pretty good. Yeah, he used to be, but he's been around for 12 years now, and I feel like three of those years maybe have been good. I feel like it was more, but I don't know. I'll look it up. I'm not shocked that Alex Gordon's good, um, but yeah, he's been crazy so far. Eric actually had a pretty decent hitting week between he Springer, did. Gordon, Blackman finally turned it around, and our favorite Jonathan VR. Yeah, VR's still trugging along. How do you feel about Jose Ramirez now? He kind of turned it around, not Honestly, really. Jose Ramirez has still not turned it around. Like, I'd be pissed if I had Jose Ramirez in another league, hypothetically, and had to start him because the league settings were terrible and you shouldn't roster any bench hitters. Like, I would just be so upset about Jose Ramirez if I if that was the case. Hmm. Wonder if that's ever happened. Yeah. No, Jose Ramirez has just been, like, just striking out and, like, just being shitty so far. I don't know. What, he hit a homer this week? Yeah, finally. One. Everything I've read on Jose Ramirez says that he's been trying to, like, become a different hitter this year and pull the ball less and that he should just go back to pulling the ball because that's how he hit a bunch of homers. Well, so yeah. we'll see. Whatever he's doing is clearly not working. 
I think he's probably going to get better as the season goes on. Like he sucked last year in the beginning too. I think it was like a full month he was bad, and then he just became the best player in baseball for the. So rest do you of think the year. he turns around this time? Probably. I don't know if it's as extreme as last year, but I don't think he's going to be worse than like a top twenty hitter. Okay. Well, we'll track it as we go along. What's your projection for Rick Porcello next week? Rick Porcello, who's he facing? Do we know? Well, he's facing you, because Eric's facing you, but I don't know who Rick Porcello himself is facing. Ah, uh, right. So he's getting Detroit. Um, they're going to fuck up Rick Porcello. Rick Porcello is mm. getting negative eight next week. Interesting. This week. Very interesting. Yeah. So the Sly Sleepers get their first win. And once you go Blackman, never go back, man, he said, with their first loss. Well, let's touch on Daniel a bit, because if we don't, he's going to cry. So let's, uh, let's talk about his team a bit, because I don't think we really gave him any time of day. All right, go ahead. So, touch on that team. <laughs> so what, a, what an amazing team we've got you here. You want to talk about Ryan O'Hearn? <laughs> Daniel's team has the most random starters right now, but... <laughs> He's making it work with some some consistency. Um, Tatis has been good. Kane's been good. Judge got hurt. Um, Nimmo not looking like the NL MVP Shocking. yet. Shocking. So we'll see. Um, Javi Baez has been weirdly consistent. Votto has been just really bad so far. Curious about if he's going to turn that around. But Trey Mancini has been an amazing pickup for he Daniel. He has been. Which is important because Votto's been struggling, so he really needs that first base slot to get him some points. Did you and try that, and pick up Trey Mancini? Because I did, and I was outbid by Daniel. I looked at him, and I didn't. I think I went with Healy over him. Okay. Because I read something about Healy making a, a swing adjustment, but Mancini's been killing it. I think I read something about Mancini also making an adjustment, so it could be sustainable. When do you um, think Ryan O'Hearn overtakes Joey Votto? <laughs> as the starter <laughs> hopefully as soon as possible right <laughs> when does Dan daniel faces you next week so no this week i'm playing him right now hopefully this week for your sake big old hern well luckily for him vado has been pretty good this week four and a half points tonight wow but the the big thing really and this all kind of developed throughout the week and into last week is that daniel's team was hit with a lot of injuries yeah. Kyle Freeland has blisters. Michael Waka got put on the IL. I don't even know what he did. Um, knee tendonitis. Obviously, Judge, he has Stanton, who's on his DL right now. So, Daniel has been hit with a ton of injuries. Yeah, it has not been good for him. The Freeland injury is definitely a huge blow to him. How long is he supposed to be out? Just one start, I think. All right, it so is blisters, so who knows? You're the blister pro. It's you the Rich Hill. Dick Mountain. Yeah, uh, he's only expected to miss one start, but I'm not going to make any assumptions until he actually throws. Because blisters are the thing where like it, they'll be super annoying because they'll make that start, but then they'll go two innings and the blister will reappear and they'll get yeah. pulled. Maybe they should change the way they're designing baseballs to make the seams a little less aggressive. Or maybe we should pitch with artificial fingers. Yeah, some some. I won't. I won't go there. I don't want to do any spoilers. Was that Game but, of Thrones? Uh, yeah, yeah. No. Can't even touch on it. Um, Aaron Nola, ten points from two starts. Not good. 
super weird year for Aaron Nola oh, so far. Lucky Aaron Nola, he gets to play the Marlins next. <laughs> you need a Marlins tally. I do have a Marlins tally. Pitcher is currently averaging 33 points against me when they play the Marlins. So chalk up 33 for Aaron Nola this week. But yeah, overall, pretty good week for Daniel. Um, he should feel good about that one. He scored a lot of points. He did. He did. And it was pretty consistent and flat across the board, which you want to see. Ryan O'Hearn, mainly. <laughs> so, so keep playing him. <laughs> All right. So is that good enough? Did we talk enough about Daniel? Yeah, I think okay, so. Okay, good. He can let us know. Okay. So did you have some other things that you wanted to touch on here? Um, I wanted to ask you to do a name game with Luis Castillo because he's been insane. The second baseman or the pitcher? The second baseman. Oh, him no. or Dan Ugla? Ugla. Always Ugla. You're a big Dan Ugla fan. I think I had him once. But first I wanted to ask you, like, do you believe fully in Luis Castillo? Would you hold your hand over your chest and, and swear to him? I do not fully believe. I partially believe. I do not fully believe. Okay. So let's name game it up a little bit. Castillo or Bueller? Bueller. Castillo or Tyone? I would still go Tyone. Interesting. Castillo or Herman Marquez? Castillo. Castillo over Herman Marquez. Okay. So now we're getting kind of a picture. Castillo or Strasburg? Strasburg. Okay. That was fast. Castillo or Price? Castillo. Castillo or Bumgarner? Castillo. Okay. Castillo or Hamels? Ooh, that's tough. I'm going to say Hamels. Cole Hamels over Castillo. Okay. Yes. So that's kind of where you have him ranked around Hamels. Here's, like. here's my problem with Castillo. And he has been great. One, to me, it always goes back to his home ballpark is terrible. And you automatically, in my opinion, you got to take off a little bit because of the bad home ballpark. Two, you start looking at his underlying numbers. And you look at the ERA's at 1.5, the FIP is at 2.5. You're like, oh, that's great. There are a lot of concerns that I have with the underlying numbers. One, his walk per nine is at the highest it's been ever. He's walking four batters per nine innings. That You cannot sustain at that level. That but is a lot. At the same time, people are going to point to his 12 strikeout per nine. And you'll be like, okay, well, that that's good. But then you look at his swinging strike rate, and it only ticked up somewhat marginally from last year, from 135 to 15%, which seems to be he's people are not swinging as much in the zone when he's pitching, and his zone swing percentage fell from 69 down this year all the way to 58. Damn. So his pitches are in the zone, and people are just not swinging at them. So he's getting a lot more called strikes, and I tend to think that that's not going to be sustainable long-term. So I think you have to build in some strikeout regression. If he still can't get the walks under control, now he's down to a, let's call it, 9.5K per 9 instead of 12. 
still walking four people per per nine. His BABIP right now is at 200. You have to figure that regresses. His left on base is at 87 and a half. You have to figure that comes down to at least like a 78 would be the top that's sustainable. And then his home run per fly ball is at 5.3 in that small ballpark. His career, last two years, he was at 17.9 and 17.2. So I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers out there, but... No, this is great. All these, to me, are saying when the strikeouts come down, because people start swinging more at the pitches in the zone, and if he can't cull the walks a little bit, everything else is going to regress in line, and he may be bouncing back to something that's worse than how he was last year. That was some next-level analysis. You like that? Showing the rest of the league how you win five times. But, again, you got to ride the hot hand, right? I, I don't know. There may be a reason why people aren't swinging at his strikes as much. And you look at something like the velocity, and it's actually ticked down a little bit to start the year and is slowly climbing back up to be at where he was averaging last year. So it's not like he's throwing any faster. I, I don't know if his pitch mix is different. I'd have to take a look. Maybe his spin rate. So what do you I, feel about Luis Castillo? Um, I don't think Luis Castillo is going to continue performing how he is now because he's literally performing like the best pitcher in the MLB right now. Um, but I think Castillo is probably like a top 16, 17 guy. Um, I'd probably put him above Hamels. Um, I think I'd also put him above Tyone. Um, trying to think of some other guys that I had mentioned. I think I might rather have him than Strasburg, um, but I'm not big on Strasburg. But probably below Bueller still. And then I forget who else I asked you about. Yeah, uh, Bumgarner, Price. Um, above Price and above Bumgarner. But I, I think Bumgarner is the polar opposite pitcher of uh, Castillo. So it's interesting because Bummy would give you a high floor and much less upside where Castillo might, you know, get be more of a, a volatile pick. But it looks like Castillo, to me at least, is transcending into that next tier of pitchers this year. Do you want to do another name game for someone else? I think you had one more at least. I did, um, but it was Hamels. Oh, I, there you go. Basically, just wanted to ask you how you thought about Hamels. Um, but if if you look at the the top ranked scoring pitchers right now, there are a lot of interesting names names up there. It's not a lot of guys. I know it's early in the season, but it's not a lot of guys that you would have probably guessed going into the year. It's it's Bauer and Corbin and Castillo, and people liked Bauer and Corbin as aces. People like Luis Castillo as a breakout candidate. But then it's Glasnow, Berrios, Verlander's up there, Shoemaker before he died, uh, Snell, and then Matt Boyd, uh, Marquez, Musgrove, Marco Gonzalez. So there's a lot of guys who you definitely would not have bet on. So let me play a name game with you with Matt Boyd. Okay. I don't know how you feel about him, but we're going to take the pulse here. Sure. So let's go Matt Boyd or Madison Bumgarner. Uh, Bumgarner. Okay. Matt Boyd or Kyle Freeland? Boyd. All right, so somewhere between Bumgarner and Freeland. Let's see yeah. who else is in that range. Matt Boyd or Joe Musgrove? 
Musgrove. You gonna you gonna ask me about my man Musgrove? Who's I'm just seeing how biased you are. Half his runs, I think, are inherited earned runs because his bullpen sucks ass. Matt Boyd or Caleb Smith? Caleb Smith. I love Caleb Smith, man. You're going after my team right now. Matt Boyd or Joey Lachesi? Um, Boyd. I don't really like Joey Lachesi. Ooh, we got a, a text from Frankie still going. All right. Yes. Come on, my child. Matt Boyd or Tyler Glasnow? That one's really hard. Uh, probably Boyd. I think he's more legit than Glasnow. Okay. Matt Boyd or... Let's see who else there is here. Matt Boyd. Hey. Like I never left. <laughs> How were the meatballs? Oh, they were delicious. How was the gravy? <laughs> <laughs> I love me some gravy. Can you guys just like uh, take things that I've already said or things that I will say for the remainder and then just put them kind of them, disperse them <laughs> in the middle part there? I could do that. Or I could just take that weird thing that you said earlier and scatter that. Or just the great gravy thing just throughout. <laughs> like I just can't get over the <laughs> that subject. All right. say, Justin? We're we're gonna do we're gonna do a three way here. Oh. Yeah, so we might need some help. Go. <laughs> so so fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> Matt so Boyd <laughs> Marco Gonzalez and Kenta Maeda. All right, are we are we talking about like however however you want to interpret it? Okay, are there been answers already to this? No, you can both answer, <laughs> but <laughs> no. Also, you're completely frozen in the vid chat. Is that purposeful? He's frozen in real life. <laughs> He's just trained himself <laughs> like a ninja. All right. Um... Mary kill. Because uh, I'm thinking about it in ways in, in fantasy, but I, I think we got. Who's I think we fantasy? Get all of our fantasies. I think we got to kill Marco Gonzalez. Get him the fuck out of here. And I think we got to have we got to have a crazy ass night with Matt Boyd because he's going to give you some crazy ass nights. So he'll he'll give you those days where. The strikeout total is high. I mean, my eight is kind of crazy too, but I feel like if I really want to log it down with somebody and just wifey up, waifu, it's gonna be it's gonna be my eight. So those are my answers. You didn't say the magic words. You didn't say, "I want to fuck Matt Boyd." No, but you did. So we can just use that. <laughs> Go ahead. As our draft. Go ahead. <laughs> and then put it in my butt. <laughs> Lewis, what's your answer there? Um, marry Maeda, fuck Boyd, and kill Marco. Oh. <laughs> what is that? Those are the same answers. It's, it's just based on their asses. Who we has... reasoning, but it's going to end up in the same... You, you want to marry Marco Gonzalez, because he was randomly, like, no, bearable I, for you. I hate Marco Gonzalez. 
you can ask Lewis. I, I really hate Marco Gonzalez. Like as a human being, he's just trying to get Marco Gonzalez's trade value to be really low, exactly. so he can swoop in exactly and Marco Gonzalez. You guys know how I do it. Um, all right, well that was fun. Thanks for showing up, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> You guys were just going to keep talking about something until I, I texted you saying I could come back on. <laughs> Do you guys have anyone else that you want to, like, you know, real or fake it? I don't. Ozzy yeah. Albies is fake. That's all I want to say. He's a, he's a one-week stud. That's it. Ooh. Well, he got a shitty contract deserving of, of that. Yeah, that contract sucks. It's like embarrassing that he agreed to that for his, you know, his partner's people. Should we, uh, should we discuss big achievements by our league mates on this podcast? Is this the time to do that as well? Like in, in life? Yeah, in life. Any, any Did league, someone else get engaged? Any league mates who may be moving out soon? Oh, right. <laughs> hey, sweet baby mate. A kiss. A kiss. So, so we are on Skype, so this may be... How he tells us. Oh, it's appropriate. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, the A Kiss from a Rosario officially signed a lease on a new apartment today. So party at Mike's. Or <laughs> dra draft next year. But only one person can enter at a time, I hear. <laughs> well, we'll have a third of the league at, in Mike's place. <laughs> we'll have uh, a third at Lewis's. Where's the other third? <laughs> eh. They're going to be scattered around the country. We're not going to get 11 again. Wells' basement. <laughs> They're studying for the actuary exam. Was he in, a, was he in his basement or a li like a library? Was that what it was? Nobody like, knows. It was just <laughs> called the basement, I think. Nobody will ever know. Who is at a club? <laughs> All right, well, if there's nothing else left to talk about. Yeah, this was fun. Well, what what was the real? Or, well, I guess I'll listen to the podcast. Never mind. <laughs> Your no, team. We did, we did I'm a fan. Games. We did name games. Your team is, is fake. That's what we came is up with. Luke Weaver, real or fake, Justin? Uh, I think he's real. Frankie's yes. so happy. He's so relieved. <laughs> this is the name. But unfortunately for Frankie, this is also the you. real Zach Godley. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't think Zach Godley was, was real. I just had hope that he would get me a positive start every once in a while. Yeah, he's he's probably uh, heading for the for the wire. Frankie's loading up on Diamondbacks to try and just get that one breakout. <laughs> oh, Frankie, how do you feel about Merrill Kelly now? So I was thinking about him before, and to be honest, is I this, don't... Yeah, just, <laughs> is this while you were eating spaghetti? Yeah. Gravy. I was thinking about Fuck Mary Kill. Um, and, you know, he, he had that phenomenal start, and I assume this is why you're asking. And then now him and Luke Weaver have switched places. And now it seems I have chosen the one true uh, king of the Diamondbacks. So, for now. But we'll see. I mean, I liked him a lot going into this year. So I wouldn't, uh, if I were Jeff or anybody else, you know, be too upset. Um, but I don't know. Do you do you think he's legit, or it's one of those things like like with the Max Freeds of the world? Like we don't we don't fucking know. No, I don't think Merrill Kelly's legit. I did, for what it's worth. I read a Reddit comment. It could have been posted by Jeff or Merrill, Merrill Kelly. Kelly. 
it was somebody that was basically like, I watched the Diamondbacks game, and Merrill <laughs> Kelly actually pitched very well. It was extremely windy. The ball was moving all over the place. The wind was horrible. So, so you might you might say he pitched Merrill Welly. <laughs> Do you remember the username from the person who made that comment? No, I don't. It wasn't like <laughs> Tooth Jeff. Doctor Sixty Nine. What was Jeff's screen name? Uh, Jets. That was something. him, right? Jets. Jets, Jets sw- swimmer. swimmer? I don't think it was swimmer. Jeff, do you swim? He's a, he doesn't What's listen it? this deep. Jeff, too wide receiver. He's too busy trying to make a kid. True. <laughs> true. 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 I mean, this is this is baby making material right here. I I Back really can't wait till we're all invited Someone to the bris. The child to our podcast. We're yeah. all invited to the bris except for Frankie. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Frankie's just like off. Oh. <laughs> I've always wanted to be at a circumcision. All right. <laughs> On that note, cool. <laughs> There's, well, I'm, I'm just supplying drops here. That's my that's my job. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening, Frankie. Catch us next week on Three Guys, One Circumcision. Eric and Justin do a podcast. We may. We'll see. We'll see if time allows. He is home Eric's for the week. Been here so. the whole time. You guys should He's standing behind you. Do a do a big bro, little bro podcast where he patronizes you for an hour. We'll try. I, I, I would. I would pay that. I'd pay a little subscription service. <laughs> Why don't you just come over and watch it happen? Eh. <laughs> we'll do it at Mike's place. <laughs> All right, so somebody can't come. Mike, Mike, will, <laughs> Mike, you'll, you'll just go get something to eat. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for us. We'll uh, catch us next week on Three Guys, One Couch. Maybe we'll have a special episode done in the meantime. But until then, see you later. <laughs>